Hello and welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. My name's Daniel. And I'm Candice. Grab a biscuit because we got the tea on all things infertility. Yeehaw! If you'd like to stay up to date, you can follow my Instagram at Operation Baby Bump. If you're struggling with infertility and you'd like to get connected, head over to the Infertility website at www.theinfertility.com. It's a cool website. There's a shop. You can purchase IVF campaign merch from a bunch of different people who are trying to afford to have babies. You can donate money as well or buy one of the products that they're selling and a portion of their sales goes to help fund their treatments. Also, you can contact me on the homepage. You can tell me what you want us to talk about, what's interesting to you, what's not interesting to you, etc. So, how are you today? I'm okay. How was work? Work was blah. There was a lot of screaming children in the waiting room today. It was um, on another level. Thank God for headphones. Yeah, seriously. On the last episode, we talked about how we were about to have our phone call with Dr. Braverman, and we did. And it was very interesting. If you are interested in learning more about that phone call, you can go to my YouTube channel. Which is? Operation Baby Bump. You just go to YouTube, type in Operation Baby Bump, and I'll pop up. There she'll be. It's also linked to my Instagram, but it was a really interesting phone call. And in the video, we um, I recorded us on the phone with Dr. Braverman and... He had some interesting insight as to what he thinks is going on, and we're actually headed off to New York next week. So by the time this airs, we will be in New York, all up in our pre-op appointment. Yeah. So what's really weird is when you're going into surgery, you always seem to be nervous, but Candace is almost excited because it's progress. Yeah. So it's very unusual. Yeah, I'm feeling like I just want to get in, get in there, and I want them to get all up in my stomach in and see what's going on. And just yeah, get her get her out, you know. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? Um, I am anxious. Um, it is always scary when your loved ones are going to a hospital, uh, but at the same time, after the conversation we had with Doctor Braverman. Um, I'm excited. I honestly feel like this is the first time as a couple we've felt normal. We feel like we have a path forward and we're quietly confident that it's going to actually end up in the result that we want it to. Yeah, one thing I will tell you is that he said that we are what's most commonly missed in fertility clinics, which really, to me, was like hitting the nail on the head mm-hmm. that's to yeah. me that's that's money yeah um yeah I, I think i've said it before but being called normal when you're in this situation uh is wonderful um, because he he basically said i see this more often than yeah not. and the fact that he sees it and yeah. he's dealing with women with recurrent pregnancy loss and i'm exactly what he sees yeah. every single time and he knows how to fix it that's like, I've never felt like there was someone who could help me. Mm-hmm. 
in the past, you know, two years that we've been going through this, I've yeah. never had that confidence. Yeah. And when you're let down time and time again, and then you, you kind of have sort of a lifeline, it was really refreshing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought that we would have been going to a reproductive immunologist? I know. Right. I didn't even know they existed. I didn't either. Yeah. I mean, but... Everything he says, and the more you think about it, makes sense. Like, we started to connect the dots. Yeah. Once he started saying these things, you know, you look at the symptoms that Candace has had, and we just always put them off as normal, right? Uh, ladies have a really tough time once a month where they have pains. And we always just put that as something just being normal because yeah. we didn't know any different. I mean, we all kind of complain about having cramps. It's rough. I have had really terrible cycles I mean you know when I'm on my period I can barely sleep at night sometimes yeah I'm in so much pain um I'm always have the heating pad but to me I mean my mom had the same thing she had really bad periods and I just thought that's what women go through I mean that's just you know you don't complain about stuff like that because I'm strong and I can handle it but um no one's ever asked me before do you have really painful periods nobody's ever asked me that before and then in addition to that when you've had as many scans as candace has you would think they would have caught something you know the problem is is with our ivf doctor and i guess all ivf doctors if you can't see it then it doesn't exist this doctor dr braveman obviously went to the the next level he took the time to do the hard work you know he devoted um, his career to figuring out the problem and seems to know the answer to the problem mm -hmm. which is not something I can say for a lot of doctors so I'm in a private Facebook group for um, his patients and I mean there's people from Australia from Europe all over the place that go to see him it's quite yeah. amazing yeah you know sometimes when you talk to a doctor there's like a level of arrogance right if you're good if you're a good doctor sometimes they're kind of arrogant dr braveman seemed yeah. so warm um you yeah. know just a decent guy and it was exciting he, he could tell that the news we were getting was uh what we wanted to hear right uh so you know he's just I feel like for the first time since we've been through this journey that there is hope for us so uh, it's exciting times in the Van Wade household yes very much so we are anxious to get there and and get this done so you know I've been doing a lot of thinking about being infertile because that's what kind of all I to think about. That's kind of all I think yeah. about. Um, my life revolves around it, but I was thinking that being infertile is very inconvenient. We need more support than what we are getting. You know, we want yeah. more. We want more. We we, we want, want more. We want more. We want more. What was that commercial? We want more. We, I don't know. It was like a more. phone commercial, like yeah, AT and T or something. Annoying commercial. We we want more. We we want more. Dang, I can't remember. Yeah, Do you remember the um, the Ford commercial when they said grounded to the ground? Oh, Do you yeah. remember that? Funny, yeah. Funny stuff. Grounded anyway, to the ground. Grounded to the ground. <laughs> Man, can you think of any others for commercials that, like those 
you know, idioms and the weird things. She like... sounds hideous. <laughs> well, she's a guy. Okay, why are we talking about commercials? I, I just feel like we needed to. Let's come back to being infertile. Mm, let's. It's not as if we talk <laughs> about this ever. <laughs> Let me just explain some of the inconveniences about being infertile. So we have to go to countless doctor appointments. Boom. We know that, right? We're either going into work late or we're leaving midday or we're getting off early and going to a doctor's appointment we're taking off work because we have a neck retrieval or a transfer or blah da dee blah da do it's an emotional roller coaster guess what it's also a physical roller coaster mm-hmm. because the weight fluctuates yep yeah we're also unpaid actors we have to pretend things are okay when they're not For me, um, most people know what's going on with me, but there have been times where they didn't and I had to pretend things were fine. I had to lie about where I was going. We are unpaid actors. Yeah. Fatigue. Tired all the time from, you know, being on medications or being off cycles and your body's like trying to re-regulate. And I also get tired of talking about it with people who don't really get it because it makes me I have to take more energy to explain things than I do with like people on my Instagram that I talk to all the time yeah and also I don't think people realize how complicated these things are right yeah it's not just as simple as here's sperm here's an egg buy you're done bada bing bada boom there's like so much that goes into it so when people ask really probing questions you don't know where to draw the line in sharing the details. So it does right. get exhausting. And and you know what else is inconvenient about being infertile is the calendars, the cycles. Well, what happens when your cycle's canceled? All the money that you just spent on medication, mine as well, have gone down the toilet. Mm-hmm. It's a waste. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of medication. It's also a waste on your body. Because your body had to adjust to that medication all for nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel so bad for people who do stems and get cycles canceled. That's horrible. Ugh. Because. Like, I mean, we didn't have that, but I cannot imagine. I've never. Yeah, that's never happened to me. I've had three rounds of IVF, but it's happened to some people that I know. And yeah. I can't imagine starting to grow eggs and put your body through that and then it to get canceled. I've had a lot of transfers canceled. Side note there, talking about transfers being canceled, if I could go back and change anything, I would transfer when you were at six millimeters. Not because we were going to get pregnant, but we wouldn't wouldn't have wasted a few months. And we probably would have been further ahead by now. Our, Our doctor was... Yeah, but then if you think about it that way, maybe they would have said, oh, it's because we transferred at true, six millimeters. True. Yeah, that is true. I have lining issues, and it took me a lot to get to the seven mark. My doctor likes to see seven millimeters before we go to transfer, and I was always like six, 6.2, five. Oh, it'll be good tomorrow, and then it drops a millimeter. So... My cycles have been canceled multiple times and it's annoying. All that to say that I think we need more. There's a gap in the market. I think we need 
services or specific things. What sort of services? Hmm. Like infertility well, discount at Starbucks. Yes, that would be awesome. I didn't even think of that. How do you but prov- how do you prove that? Just show them you're no babies. <laughs> so <laughs> you literally walk in and say yes, and I'll be taking my infertility yeah. discount. And they'll be like, they'll look around. Okay. Yeah. No, I you don't see have your no kids, kids with you. No. Listen, if it's a Saturday and you don't have your kids with you, you might be infertile. <sighs> <laughs> That's literally the mentalist thing I've ever heard you I say. I know. Like, I just um, said it and then I <laughs> thought, wait, that's oh, stupid. that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know how moms, like, you know how there's a whole market for moms? Mm-hmm. There's a commercials, moms don't take sick days. Yeah, that's... um. When you're a parent, you're a parent full time and you can't get out of it. Most self-care things like massages or commercials about women like locking themselves in the bathroom and eating something that they don't want to share. Things like that. There's a gap in the market for infertiles. Parenting is hard. It's a full-time job. We get it. We get it. But infertility is also kind of a full-time job and it's like psychological and physical torture sometimes. Yeah, at least having a kid, you have joy. Um, With infertility, it's just endless despair. And at least when you have a kid, you have lots of distractions. Yeah. Like, there's no... Diapers. There's, you know, those things, those distractions. Yeah, Yeah. like lots of poop to clean up all the time. oh, I've got to buy a new pram. So there might be a gap in the market. Maybe it's a niche market for infertiles. What would you call, like an infertile club a group of people mm. the infertilities <laughs> something like that <laughs> uh babyless biatches Ooh, nice you sound Somewhere. like a bowling club <laughs> that does sound like yeah. a bowling club next up in aisle three the babyless biatches versus the moms Being infertile might be a niche market, but it's actually becoming more prevalent. And by the way, when I was looking this up, I thought, can I say that it's becoming more prevalent? Yes, I can, because according to the CDC, it is. And by the way, the CDC says that 10% of women ages 15 to 44 struggle with infertility. Why in the Sam Hill are they including 15-year-olds in their sample? Who is Sam Hill? I don't know, but why are they including 15-year-olds in their sample? Why why 15 through 44? You know, kids start young nowadays. No. I think that's kind of skewing the data a little bit. So, from what perspective? The fact that they're 16 and and 17? Maybe include 18 and up. Yeah, but why is including 15-year-olds skewing the data? Because you're adding an age group that it's not an appropriate age... To be having children. So if you remove them, what do you think would happen to the data? Would there be a higher percentage that are struggling? Or a I think so. I think it would be a higher percentage. Okay. I, I mean, I would agree with you. Don't you think? Yeah, I could see that. Smaller sample, more appropriate depiction of the people that are actually struggling. When it says struggling to get pregnant, that means they're actively trying to get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And why are 15-year-olds actively trying to get pregnant? Well, you know, by the time I was 14, I had a mortgage. Um, I mean, some states, that's illegal. Isn't that all states? 
Maybe. I think we're getting down a rabbit hole, but still, I think it's a bit ridiculous that they included 15, 16, 17-year-olds in this sample. Yeah. I think it's a bit crazy because, let's face it, they're not they're not really trying to have a baby, are they? They ain't macking at that Come point. On. Yeah. Better not. They better not. Here are some things that I think infertiles need. Number one, parking up front. Sorry, parking up front. Parking at the grocery up front. store? Everywhere. That's mental, but no, please it's not. carry on. Do you know how many times I've had to waddle from my car to the grocery store where I don't want to be anyways? Three times? You're going to get punched. To how many? More than that. So are you talking about when you're going through a egg retrieval or something like that? When I feel it's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Are we just making our own rules? This is crazy. Um, no, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with you, but please carry on. Well, you're not the one who's the size of a car. Neither are you. You don't bloat. Nope. So I'll say where I want to park, and where I want to park is up front. And you know what? Harris Teeter, my local grocery store, they have a parking spot up front that says, Expectant Mothers. Sometimes I park there. I do you know not why? endorse that. You know why I park there? I am expecting to be a mother. I have embryos. <sighs> yeah, I guess. If from the. <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> You're probably You're taking... finna supposed to be on my team. <laughs> it's just funny. Why is it funny? Like, it's funny. You're like... I am expecting to be a mother. Anyone could be expecting to be fair. So I guess you're just... Well, it's it's ambiguous verbiage. Maybe they should change it to... They should. People who have kids. Or... No, no, no. The expected mother should just be like... People who are... Pregnant women. Yeah, but like six months Because that's what they meant. That's what they mean. Yeah. Like, Why six months plus? Well, you know, when they're actually having some physical trouble moving and things like that. Wow. Uh, I mean... We're going to get a lot of hate mail. Why is it your like name on before it. that? Is it a big deal? Yeah. I've met people who are six months pregnant. They don't even look pregnant. Ooh. Uh, what? Again, you're going to get hate mail. That's... Is that not true? You shouldn't remark on someone's size when they're pregnant. It's oh, offensive. Mm-mm. It's offensive. Are we just going to live in this world where we ignore the obvious? I get it. That's fine. Yes. When it comes to a sensitive topic. What you mean? Like parking in a parking space that is for only people who are infertile. I like it. I think the parking space should say, expectant mothers. (laughs) (laughs) I like the parking space expectant mothers because it leaves it open for interpretation. And how I interpret that is, Candace, please park up front because we know you're having a rough time. And you are. You are. Um, So what we're going to do, how many um, things do you have on this list of things that people who are having trouble conceiving need? Like six or seven. All right, we're going to choose our top one between us, and we're going to agree on it. No, I already have my top one. I don't need your input. Can I choose my top one? Whatever. Okay. Number two, better clothes options. Look. What? Okay, guys, the people listening, (laughs) Daniel is such a dillweed. Oh, gosh. He's (laughs) sitting over there. 
with his skinny little bottom <laughs> on the chair in his tiny little pajama pants pajamas, with his tiny joggers. little frame. Meanwhile, the stool I'm sitting on is buckling under pressure. That's mental. Because of the years of infertility treatments mental. and emotional and psychological disturbances. You're right. And due to those, you need your own clothes, please. Yes. And let me tell you why. What's wrong with just buying a size up? There needs to be something <laughs> called IVF pants. What are they? Like apartment pants. Like apartment pants, yeah. But IVF pants. Now, they'll kind of be like maternity pants, but instead of having a belly on it, the sides the, will, the sides yeah, of the yeah. pants will be, that's where the stretchy material will be. So if you're really bloated one day, they'll give. And if you're after egg retrieval and you heal and everything and you go back down, you can still wear them and they'll like form to your body. Isn't that just stretchy pants? That, yeah, like you've literally I mean, just described pants listen, of elastic. No, we definitely need more. It's not acceptable to wear leggings to work. I mean, I'm not going to say that I haven't done this before. Like yoga pants. No, leggings. Yoga pants are yoga pants. Leggings, keep up. Can we agree that it's not acceptable to wear either of those to work? Correct. Which is why we need better clothes options. We need professional attire because we're working women. We're going through IVF. Yeah. We're ebbing and flowing. <laughs> what? I don't know. Our bodies are big one week and small the next. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some people's bodies go back small. Mine, however, didn't. Well, that's um, so fake yeah, news. Yours can, is small right now. I can, and it's always been small. Shut up. I can buy a size up, but some people just need that little give just for the week that they need it or the okay. month that they need it. Well, listen, I think you, if this was Shark Tank, I would probably need a fellow investor to take the risk. Yeah. So we would need the Spanx lady. She would be good because she could do the Spanx like material on the sides. Yeah. I feel like you're describing Spanx. No, Spanx is to make you look skinny. These are... Oh, yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. He doesn't sorry. know anything. I don't wear women's He doesn't clothes. know anything. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here wear... to tell you. Sorry. I have one pair of comfortable work pants that don't have a zipper or a button on them. They're just... They're really professional looking black pants, but they have an elastic waistband. And they yeah. look like work pants, but they're really comfortable. I have one pair of those. And I can't wear those every day. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening, please make a line of comfy work clothes for the infertile, modern, working woman. We don't want zippers or buttons. We want elastic. Cool. Also, keep in mind that I only shave my legs when I have doctor's appointments. So I don't want to wear dresses. So, you know, you can include some dresses in your line, but pants. We need, we need pants. So, uh, what would you call these infertility pants, do you think? Mm, I don't know. I'm not the uh, clothes designer. We'll let whoever's listening and decides to take on this challenge be the person to name the clothes. Okay. But you can name them. Yeah. Clothes a la Candace if you want. <laughs> that was good. Number three. Um, just before we move on to number three, the pants is the best idea out of the first two. So. Yeah, okay, well, I'm telling you, 
my favorite is yet to come. Number three, mini coffees that are cheaper. Hear me out. Starbucks used to have those mini frappuccinos and they were like half the size. They were a little bit cheaper. They like came and went very quickly. But what we need is a small coffee that's smaller than a small. Nobody, nobody states the amount of caffeine that you're getting in a coffee. And as a pregnant woman or someone who's trying, you shouldn't have any more than 200 milligrams a day, which is equal to one cup of coffee a day. But is it equal to one cup, like measuring cup? Or is it equal to one cup? Cup. Drinking cup. Right. We don't know. Very vague. So I think people should have to label how much caffeine is in their coffee. So I want a mini coffee and I want it cheaper. Okay. Health-wise, we can piggyback on gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, paleo, all these kind of health trends. So we have the ability to better watch what we eat. You know, there's meal services and Pinterest and things of that nature. But when it comes to coffee, when you have to give up coffee, that's something that a lot of women struggle with. So I think this is a need. Yeah, I can see that. Number four. Infertility leave from work. Now I'm interested. Yeah, there's maternity leave, there's paternity leave. What about infertility leave? Infertility. Why do I have to use all my sick days when I ain't even sick? Yeah, I could buy into that. So if I were really sick, because I haven't, knock on wood, I'm lucky that I haven't been sick in quite a while. But if I really were sick and I wasn't feeling well, or say I got the flu and I was sick for like a week... I'd be screwed because I use all my sick time for doctor's appointments, transfers, egg retrievals, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think it's a really good idea. I actually like that. I wonder if, like, under FMLA, if you're covered for, like, infertility. Do you know what I mean? You know, that's actually a good point. I wonder that. I should look into that. Yeah. Some companies don't even cover maternity leave, which I think is horrible. That's crazy. I've heard people, the company I work for, I've heard about people taking maternity leave and saving up all their sick time, all their annual leave, and saving all of that up and then getting gifted sick time from other employees just so they can have three months off. Sometimes they take it unpaid, which I think is just not fair. I don't think that's right at all. Number five, I think all insurances should cover infertility. This is obvious. Infertility is not an elected condition. No. It's not cosmetic. I see so many women on my Instagram paying out of pocket, and I just, I honestly can't even comprehend how they're doing that. I really, like, I can't wrap my head around it. I know that we both have great insurance policies, yet for some reason we have had to pay so much money on top of everything that's been covered. A lot of money on top of that. Yeah, I think in addition, the coverage that is available to go on from your point has to get better. Like there's literally no excuse for it to be as bad as it is, regardless of how good your insurance is. Because yeah, we just it would be nice to see coverage improve across the board. I agree for everybody. It's it's one of my organs doesn't work like it's supposed to. That's... Well, that in your brain. Okay, number six. 
This is actually my favorite. What if there was an infertile spa? Infertiles only spa. Picture this. It would be like a full-on real spa. You know, you go to the spa and there's like all these different rooms. You could get this kind of service, this kind of service. There would be a crying room. A what? A crying room. Where people cry. Yeah, you could go in and there would be all these luxury high-end pillows that you could cry. what? You could lay your head on and cry or you could scream into it. You could do that at home. Right. But this is better. Why? Because it's better. It's an infertile spa. So uh, you can only go in there if you're infertile. Exactly. If you're struggling to have a child, you can come in. If you're not struggling to have a child, you can't come in. Yeah. Because um, you don't understand. I'm just not sure there'd be enough demand for this. There's, Do you know? There's a demand. There's a demand. Yeah. I demand it. Yes, you do. Okay. There would also be a post-transfer room. It would be the most beautiful temperature. (laughs) Like a 75 degrees. And there would be all these cozy, fluffy pillows and chaise lounges. Chaise lounges. (laughs) All over the room. And all these cozy socks that you could pick up when you come in the door. You put all these cozy socks on and they've got comedies playing on this big screen what sort of like friends and stuff yeah like friends or like a comedy movie you know you'd come in and it would be come and go type of a thing there would also be a waiter coming around to take your order you know while you're watching your movie would he have to be infertile as well no it would be a woman waitress would sorry to, waitress. would she have to be like no. how far are we going down no because she's serving us it doesn't matter what she is so she she's you know, she can have six kids. Yeah, she's not, she's not with us, though. She's serving us. Yeah. She's you. not yeah. there with us. Yeah. And obviously, <laughs> McDonald's french fries and pineapples would be on the menu. That is the best thing you've said this entire podcast. McDonald's I don't think so. fries. That's not the best thing I've said. Come on. So, post-transfer room. Also, there'd be heated pools. Like a big, huge heated pool Ooh. with no chemicals. Like it would not have chemicals. So not have. No, not have. It not have chemicals. It not have chemicals. chemicals. So it'd be just like a a bath, basically. Or it could be like, yeah, ooh, it could be like a huge Epsom salt salt bath. Um, Isn't that chemicals? No, Epsom salt is magnesium. Oh, cool. There'd also be fertility massages. So if you wanted to get a massage, it would be fertility driven so they would do all these things that would encourage blood flow to the uterus yeah could men go reflexology and um say if they had a low sperm count interesting i'll have to consult the board on this you have a board yeah and we'll see if we can um make maybe a men's wing yeah like i don't know if you need wings but um i would definitely see if guys could come in um, like if they have any fertility issues, yeah. like you know, in the words yeah. of Chandler, they won't get off their Barker lounges. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then can they come in? Maybe, yeah. I like this. Maybe we'll we'll talk more about this. Will we? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Acupuncture. That will be a service. Also, pedicures and manis, of course, for your um, transfer. 
day. Or... What about Brazilian waxes? Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of that. And everything would be chemical free, of course. All of the, you know, massage lotions and everything would that would be served would be like healthy, chemical free for the infertile woman, for people who are mindful of all of those things. I like it. Well, no, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't, I like it as a day. Like on Wednesdays, this spa is specifically no, for... No, 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 no. Yeah. No, because here, listen, they would have cycle packages. So say I was about to start transfer prep yep. and I would go in and I would say, okay, I'd like to start a cycle package. And then it would so, follow you through. Right, exactly. It would follow you through from the day you started transfer prep through your two-week wait. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be specific to the person. Yeah. It wouldn't be month to month. Yeah. It would be based on your fertility cycle. Yeah, okay. There would be like nutrition coaches, things like that. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I'm on the fence, but you know, you, well, you're the visionary. Well, it's not for you, yeah. is it? Yeah. But finally, the last thing that infertiles need, and that is that we need more awareness. I yes. think our lives would be a whole lot easier... If more people were educated on the fact that infertility is not just trying to have a baby and we can't, it goes beyond that. Yep. There are medical conditions involved. You mental have health. Mental health issues, depression, emotional turmoil. Stigma. Miscarriages. I mean, all of these things are going on. Mm -hmm. And if people just understood a little bit more about what infertility actually entails and the difficulties involved, I think it would make our lives easier because we would feel a little bit more comfortable and safe talking about it, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I totally agree. Um, infertility isn't a dirty little secret, but it feels like it should be uh, because not a lot of people are vocal about it. So the... It will get easier for people in the future if people like you and I and uh, the people who listen to this podcast actually speak about it and feel encouraged to do it. I, I know for a fact the people I have told have not been uncomfortable. They've been supportive and they're excited and they ask questions, but they ask questions in the sense of they yeah. want you to be successful. Yeah, like they're interested in the next steps. Now, in college... Um, I know for me, I got a degree in psychology, so we had to take lifespan development. And in lifespan development, of course, they talk about, you know, it's conception through death yeah. is, is really what the class is about. And they touch momentarily on part of conceiving a child is, you know, reproductive assistance. But I really think that when you take sex ed in high school, I think this should be part of the conversation, even in high school. Some people can't just yeah. get pregnant. Kind of like opening the conversation to teenagers mm -hmm. so that they're aware of what life can be like. Hopefully they never have to go through those things, but they yeah. know that stuff like that happens. Yeah, and in addition to that, I feel like sex ed should talk about the risks of the things you do right now can have long-lasting effects on you in the future. 100%.
Um, I, I just, I don't feel like we talk about, um, you know, results of sexually transmitted diseases, um, the contraceptive pill, those things that can have a negative effect on your fertility as you yeah. get older. Yeah. I wonder how many people have an STD or something like that that's causing infertility yeah. because... Yeah. I mean, we personally don't, but... Well, I do. The, the clap. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. I do not. Um, and if you do, it's news to me. You got the clap. Clap, clap. <laughs> clap on. Clap off. <laughs> clap on, oh, clap off. Funny. The clapper. <laughs> no, we don't have STDs. No, but that would be really horrible because I'm sure there would be a lot of self-blame going on in a situation like that. But yes, I think there needs to be more awareness. Yeah. So here we are talking about it. Yeah. So join our voice is and, uh, you know, be proud to speak about your story. It may help someone to get the help that they need. Yep. Next time on the infertility, balancing infertility and relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm Candace. And I'm Daniel. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.